pit snakes and things since I was a kid and went to the careers teacher and I knew that I wanted to work with animals but I didn't know how uh, the careers teacher said for a boy either working on a farm or working in a slaughterhouse was my best option so uh, that was not particularly supportive and then my dad managed to convince a local practice to take me one day a week. I didn't even know the career path existed at that time. It wasn't something I was aware of. Uh, but just seeing them work and seeing how much difference they made to animals' time in the practices was amazing. Hello and welcome to For The Record, a new podcast series from RCVS Knowledge. For The Record will feature conversations between current and former members of the veterinary professions, highlighting voices and experiences historically underrepresented in our official archive. In this episode, we hear from four male registered veterinary nurses working in the UK today. Together, they discuss their route into veterinary nursing as a career, their experiences as men in a predominantly female profession, and their personal aspirations and goals. Uh, hi, I'm Chris Hearn. I started off as a student nurse back in 2009 and qualified in 2012. And the last couple of years, I've been working at an animal hospital up in Edinburgh. My name is Ryan Hunt. I am a, has been in the industry six years next month, and I qualified December 2020. I currently work in Hampshire in a small animal first opinion practice. Uh, and that's it, really. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan, and I am a male RVN as well from Hampshire. I have been in practice since 2008, and I only registered in 2020. Um, and I work as an out-of-hours nurse in a first opinion branch. My name is Matthew Rendell. Uh, I started my training in 1989 and qualified in 1992. Uh, and... I currently do various things, but I work in a first opinion and referral exotics practice in Essex. I guess my first question to you guys is how did you get into veterinary nursing? I don't think it's too far to say it's not a path that I think many guys think of. Um, so I'd be interested to know how you guys got into it and see how different or similar it is to the way I got into it. I'll start, I guess. I knew from a fairly young age that I wanted to work with animals, um, just interested in science and nature in general. Um, went to university and did a degree in zoology, um, but I came out of it not really knowing what I wanted to do with it. Um, didn't really get any kind of career guidance counselling of any note uh, while I was there. Um, I guess I kind of went into it thinking I might be trekking through the jungle finding new species or I might be helping conserve an endangered species somewhere but came out of it hadn't got a clue what to do with my my new degree. Um, every place that I tried to I sort of just did that thing that I think you quite often do when you leave education is you throw your CV at anyone and see what sticks. Um, and the first place that offered me an interview was Battersea Dogs and Cats Home in London. Um, and I hadn't even, nursing or the veterinary profession wasn't even on the radar, I don't think, when I, when I finished uh, university. I think I'd kind of already dis dismissed it as something, you know, I was blissfully unaware of 
you know, veterinary nursing is in general, really. I think I was quite naive or ignorant uh, to that, to, to this whole profession, really. Um, so I, uh, I started just looking at, you know, just seeing what could I get? I wanted a job. I needed a job. And veterinary nursing started coming up as a as an option. And at the time, like I said, I, I wanted to get a new. I wanted to get my first job. I wanted to get working with animals. I wanted to see where things took me. Um, and uh, yeah, I got offered the job at Bassey Dogs and Cats Home. And twelve years later, I'm still doing it. So it certainly wasn't me fulfilling a, a childhood dream of oh, I've always wanted to be a veterinary nurse or even work in this profession um but that's where i've ended up and as i say 12 years later i'm still here so it's it's uh, i think a lot of people grow up with an ideal job in mind and they fulfill that dream um but for me it certainly isn't the case i do obviously like my job but it wasn't what i set out to do when i first went to university or, or higher education or anything like that so has anyone got anything similar to that or is it uh, different for all of us? Um, I mean, mine, mine was different personally. I, I had a, I have an auntie who was an RVN and used to go with her to the clinic back in the day to help her do things with the animals <laughs> in the, like the nineties. And we'd, I just remember falling in love with it and trying very hard to get into the profession, but it just couldn't get into it. It was just so difficult to get a position and a job and I ended up going into childcare and then finally been given a place as a receptionist in my first practice and then working my way up through the ladder really and then moving around <clears throat> to referral back to first opinion I kind of worked all over <laughs> and getting different experiences but it wasn't very popular especially for a male I found I was maybe overlooked a little bit because I maybe didn't take me very seriously being a male. Um, and it was very predominantly female nurses and they seemed to go in and get trained very quickly. And I just waited for about two years to get a position um, and finally got in and then just wanted to do anything to get in the door <laughs> and kind of went my way up through there really. And finally registered after all this time, but yeah, it's definitely not been an easy road. So I've been from the, from a young age, I kind of knew, I had, a, I had a really keen interest in science and medicine, but it wasn't my calling, I think, to begin with. And I think when I was about 15 years old, I got a job at a uh, boarding kennels, which I got through work experience my secondary school. And we did like, um, yeah, we did like boarding dogs and we did like stray dogs and we signed a contract for police and it was really cool. Um, but I mean, I, I knew I didn't want to work at boarding kennels forever. And it wasn't until I did my uh, diploma in animal management that my auntie who was a receptionist at a vet got me work experience there and I mean I mean I remember just going it was quite a it's a first opinion but it's quite a big they're pretty much from referral level and I remember going there and just being like I wasn't even looking at the vets I was just looking at the nurses and being in like absolute awe of them mm -hmm. like whoa like they are awesome like wow um and I think kind of that was in my last year of doing my uh, animal management diploma. And I think from there, well, towards my last month, I was just like, I need to get, I need to get into veterinary nursing. There is no other route for me. It's veterinary nursing and that's it. And I started probably from the age of about 16, 17. And I sent my CV out to a lot of vets. And I think I actually managed to get two to get hold of me. Um, and I went for 
the first one I didn't I didn't even bother the second one because I've well, I've been here since I've been here yeah oh, wow. six years now so um and yeah and and I couldn't even picture doing anything different it I mean it's tech I mean besides the the boarding kennels it's pretty much my first real adult job you know wow. <laughs> so, um and I I can't picture doing anything else that's really interesting so um I I had the same not really knowing what veterinary nursing was so my I, I was um, bullied a lot at school, so my solution for that at about 15 was I just stopped going, um, which seemed to sort it out. Um, and I was very lucky that I had a really good teacher who could see that I was going a bit off the rails. And he, in quite a maverick kind of thing for the 80s, he kind of took me to one side and said, why don't you just find something you like doing that you might want to do um, I went to my careers teacher at the time. Um, I'd kept reptiles since I was about 10. So I've, I've kept snakes and things since I was a kid and went to the careers teacher. And like some of you said, I knew that I wanted to work with animals, but I didn't know how. Uh, the careers teacher said for a boy, um, either working on a farm or working in a slaughterhouse was my best option. So uh, that was not particularly supportive. And then my dad managed to convince a local practice to uh, take me one day a week so I used to go along every Thursday in a shirt and a tie and I didn't even know the career path existed at that time it wasn't something I was aware of uh, but just seeing them work and seeing how much difference they made to animals kind of time in the practices was amazing so um, I did the work experience for about a year went I had to go back to sixth form to reset my maths I think either yeah. maths or English had to do one of them and then they offered me a training position I started training in 1989 and then um qualified in 1992 um was a really really terrible student so the first exam stupid at the time and just thought I'll just be fine I'll just turn up and that will be enough and um <laughs> so I took it a bit seriously after that and then yeah qualified in 1992 and stayed there did theatre roles and exotics and stuff there and stayed there for 13 years but it was a really really good first practice I think I think um it kind of set me up to succeed because we it was one of those practices that did everything so they did cows and koi carp and right. swans and everything so it was a really good kind of foundation of, of stuff till I kind of saw the work they did um and just how good they were under pressure um and yeah it was something that I yeah was just yeah just really really impressed by and just thought as others have said that's the thing for me despite it not I'm not hugely academic and I'm dyslexic as well so it wasn't a huge um wasn't an easy thing for me to go back and kind of start studying again but but yeah no it's a yeah and that, like you say I, I can't imagine doing anything else now so going back to something that you brought up Ryan about this idea that um we as guys in the nursing profession might get uh I don't, I don't, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here, but, uh, you know, we might be overlooked or we, I get one of the questions I sort of pre-prepared for this is, do you guys think that, not as a whole, because I know there are exceptions, but do you think if you were, you know, there, there might be people out there who are looking for new nurses to join their team, they might overlook us purely because of our gender. Do you think they have a, a pre-misconception that somehow guys are less naturally suited to be nurses or something you know something like that or do you have any kind of still you know feelings that you've been you know discriminated in some way or I feel what you're saying I can understand what you're saying um and I think it's because it's the the age as well when you're younger 
maybe I didn't seem as committed maybe because I was a, a 16 year old boy at the time trying to do a job that obviously is very serious and understanding it now as we've done it. Um, back in the day, I found a lot of the practices were owned by people as well. And it was predominantly like older vets, male vets, especially um, who didn't like the idea of having a male nurse. I found in my experiences, um, they always just had female auxiliaries, kennel assistants and female nurses. So it didn't kind of go with their look of their practice. Um, and like I said, luckily I just came into knowing people kind of gave me a chance really, I suppose is the best way to put it. And I think it's sometimes the empathy of a man doesn't always come across that you're going to be compassionate or sympathetic to the role um, when dealing with animal care that we we don't show emotion or if we do show too much emotion you're considered soft or there is a quite a lot of a uh it's not it's very quite black and white i think for the older generation especially as well or the expectation that you're going to be a want to be a vet is when you're going to that same old question of when you're going to qualify is this a real job those sort of things i've been handled a lot over the years um so that's my experiences of this of and a lot now i see a lot of people want to have male nurses because we do have a lot of different outlooks on stuff I suppose and different experiences and can bring different mixes to the group so I've you know it has benefited me being a male if anything and have any of you know Ryan H or Matt have you had similar experiences or in you know thoughts on that um yeah no I mean I um I wouldn't say I've been treated oh, I don't know I don't think I've been treated uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know we're, we're obviously you know we're touching a, a delicate subject well discrimination in the workplace based on on gender but um, I'm just wondering if you've ever like felt like yeah overlooked or it has, or has it benefited you in some way because um, personally I've never actually felt any you know, negative things about being a guy in a, you know, female dominated world. Um, I actually sometimes look back to my first job offer and think, did I get that because I'm a guy? Uh, <laughs> because I know, and which is obviously in a stark contrast to what you were saying, Ryan, about how you felt like you were not getting stuff offered to you because you're a guy. But, you know, from what I understand, that job offer that I got when I first became a student there was, you know, scores, maybe a hundred applicants. And mm. at that point, I had never worked in a veterinary practice. I hadn't done work experience. I hadn't been an animal care assistant or a receptionist or anything. And somehow I got the job. Now, I'd obviously like to think that that's partly because I did a good a job interview. Um, but at the same time, is it because you know, the, the clinical director was a guy, was he thinking, oh, I might, you know, try and change up the dynamic of my team a little bit here, or he stands out out of the crowd because he's a guy. So from that point of view, I can see that if that is the case, I might just be, you know, overthinking <laughs> it, obviously. But uh, yeah, you know, has that benefited me then in that case? Yes. Um, but it's interesting to hear, obviously, people who've experienced the opposite of me which is they've been overlooked for things potentially because they're a guy yeah I, I mean like I said I'm, I mean compared to you guys I've been in the industry 
a very short period of time. But I think when I first started at my job, I remember, you know, they it was an interview for a student veterinary nurse. And I actually got the job alongside a female veterinary nurse because they still say to this day they couldn't choose between the two of us. And she'd been working at a veterinary practice as a receptionist, and I'd been obviously working with animals anyway. Whether it had anything to do with the gender, I'm not quite sure. I am still to this day where I work, the only male veterinary nurse who's ever worked here, um, which I think is crazy. Um, it's been open for years and years and years. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> it's difficult to say, isn't it? But I mean, I and then again, I'm, you know, since going to college and meeting other veterinary nurses who or student veterinary nurses who have gone back and said, oh, we've got a male in our class. And they kind of reported back to me that their management have gone, oh, it would be cool to have a male veterinary nurse. Yeah. It would be a different dynamic. And that's when you kind of take a step back and go, oh, okay, like, right. Like, yeah, I guess it, maybe, it, maybe it would be different. I don't know. Um, I mean, like I said, this is the only place I've ever known and it's, and it's just worked and we all get along really well. I don't, I think, I think we're all, we're all a really good team here. So I can't, I wouldn't, I'd like to say that no, my gender hasn't had anything to do with it. I think um, I'm the same. I don't think I've ever had anything where I felt that I was at a disadvantage from being male. Um, my first training practice had a male, vet, a qualified um, male veterinary nurse when I started and he was absolutely terrible. Uh, looking back at how awful he was kind of has actually been quite good because I've always reflected on making sure I was never as bad as he was. So um, <laughs> despite them, um, despite them having had a lot of issues with a male nurse, I still got a position there as a, as a trainee male nurse. So um, I can't I can't say that I've ever encountered it particularly. And um, I think sometimes over the years, maybe just feel a teeny tiny bit excluded from the things that the female members might go off and do. I don't particularly want to go off and go to a, you know I'm, I'm old now but I don't really want to go out partying particularly or whatever but but I think that that's fine and I think it's all important to reflect on diversity and about how having a mixed team any kind of diversity in a team in my experience is just very very healthy just very just brings different um, strengths and weaknesses and different kind of approaches and so I think it's yeah it, it enhances the team definitely. I don't actually know what the statistics are um, for how many male nurses there are to female, um, but it sounds like, I mean, I've only ever worked with two other male nurses during my 12 years. I don't know how many of you guys, but like, do you feel like there is any increasing or is there always just maybe a token guy at, at some of the places that you've worked at before? Yeah, so I, I can answer this as a nerd because um, being chair of Royal Colleges being council, I kind of know all this stuff, um, which is worrying, I think, because I think I am a nerd. But um, there's about 19,700 nurses on the veterinary nursing register currently and less than less than 400 of those are boys. So it represents about three percent of the profession, which is pretty much where it's been for a long time. Um, it had, did go up to four percent at one point and then. Um, went back down to three so I think it's hard to force diversity I think it's it's important to just kind of reflect on making sure that uh, those of us like you guys that are male veterinary nurses it's important to be role models and um, make sure you the people around you and your peers know that that's what you do and 
So I think that's important is to try and um, increase the numbers. But it's been fairly static for a long time, which surprises me because I've, I've enjoyed my time. I would say I, no one enjoys their profession for their entirety of their career. I think that's impossible. But I would say 95% of it has been great. And yeah, I've, I've, I think it's a, there's, it's, it's a good profession to be in as, a, um, as any gender, really. But we just perhaps need to just make it more kind of pro- raise the profile of it as well and get, get more people realising that it is a definite career for, for, for uh, men. Uh, the interesting thing that Ryan touched on was about people asking you when you're going to be a vet. Yeah. Um, and I was asked that question over the 30 years, really. It's incredibly common. And over the years, I've just got more and more sarcastic with my answers. So <laughs> uh, my, 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 my most recent one is I say they didn't have chunky cords big enough for me, which <laughs> I think is probably a little bit unprofessional. But it's hard to, to explain to people that, like, you know, we have human doctors and human nurses and nobody would ever ask a human nurse when you're going to be a doctor but somehow there's this kind of um lack of transparency but again we just need to make sure that we're we're clear to our clients and i think some of that is in our gift i think as veterinary nurses we don't explain to clients who we are what we do um I, the amount of times i tell nurses off for saying oh it's, it's, it's just matthew i'm just a veterinary nurse or just drives me insane so i think just making sure clients realize that you're a veterinary nurse wear your badge and all that kind of stuff i think all, all goes towards raising the profile of my veterinary nurses yeah yeah we, we have obviously things like veterinary nurse awareness month, but we don't have anything to kind of highlight that it's a, you know, uh, it's not just the girls doing it. Um, we, I think, mate, yeah, there's an element of that in it. But also, it's going back to what you were saying, it's, it's, it, do, do you guys also come into so many situations where people assume that you're a vet? If you go out, you go out to see someone in the waiting area or, in, you know, in the practice, and immediately you can just tell that they think yeah. they think you're a vet by the way they address you or the way they, they talk to you or something like that. And they look startled at you when you when you explain to them yeah. that you're a nurse instead. I think it's worse when even when you're just like out, say, on a social event or whatever it is, and you, you go, I'm a veterinary nurse. And then they go off and say to somebody, he's a vet. <laughs> yeah. I never even said vet. I said uh, two words. <laughs> and the word veterinary seems to throw people because if you say to someone, I'm a nurse, they kind of know yeah. what you do. If you put veterinary in front of it, you go, oh, so what's, what's that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's an experience I've had several times where you have to kind of point out, yes, doctors and nurses in a situation and vets and veterinary nurses in an in a animal situation. So, um yeah, it's uh, when you're trying to raise the profile of a profession and also us as guys within that profession and people on the whole don't know that you exist or what you do is possibly part of the issue. Because like I said before, I, I had no one guiding me down the route of going into nursing or anything like that in any kind of job guidance counselling that I had uh, during my education Um uh, you know, and I didn't have uh, I didn't have a family member or a friend or a role model who said, "Oh, you know, you should you should try you should try this," or you know, "Come join me doing this." So, um, yeah, listening to what you guys are saying about how you got into it, I almost feel like I've had an extremely easy uh, way into it, and I should be very appreciative of that. But uh, it's no, it's interesting. I think the best part about when you when you say to a veterinary nurse. 
for instance, I'm talking about in my scenario story, is when I wasn't a veterinary nurse and you said to veterinary nurses, I want to be a veterinary nurse, they were like, yes, absolutely. Here, I'm going to help you try and find a way that you can get into this profession. And they were just so, so supportive. Like, they weren't, there was no doubt, there was nothing. It was, you're going to be a veterinary nurse and here's how we're going to make you do it. Like, oh, get you to do it, sorry. Yeah, they, they were great. And that's and and still to this day, like, when we get work experience in and they say, we want to be a veterinary nurse. It's like, here are the routes, here's how you do it, here's what to expect. Yeah, and I think that's really, really great. I think, I think it's important to be signposts in those situations. Two people that stood out when you were training that really took the time and that spent extra time out of their day to, to kind of mentor and coach you because I was useless to start with uh, and and um, was quite frightened of dogs initially as well. And um, I can remember just having that kind of one-on-one support and I think it's really important. And I think about that all the time when you see um, students that often struggle initially on placement, just as you say, just making sure you reach out to them and at that initial part. So, yeah, providing that support, I think, is yeah, is, is key. I mean, I don't know if anyone else found it an issue as well, but with clinical coaches, it's not been, um, I found when I was training and stuff, that there's a lot of clinical coaches that used to come and go between the training. And I think that's been some of the um, barriers that's been allowing people to train as well as often as we get applicants because there's just not enough clinical coaches to train nurses. I don't know if anyone else has had that experience, but I had five in my three years. (laughs) So, because they just, didn't last for my extended training because of other issues going on with their lives or career changes and things like that. So I do think that is a a barrier between getting more veterinary nurses into the career and profession and the register as well. So it'd be be really interesting to see if that changes with the new e-portfolio, because I think it's much more weighted towards the student than the clinical coach. Um, And, um, I don't know if I should say this, but before I, um, we didn't have clinical coaches when I trained. We had a little green book mm-hmm. that you had to carry around and get random people to sign. Obviously, we never signed any of it ourselves. That would be terrible. <laughs> but um, essentially, it wasn't wasn't a very good kind of structure. But it did mean that you you weren't kind of um, limited to one person. It, all the RVNs kind of chipped in, and they knew their strengths and weaknesses, and would kind of push you towards different people to learn different stuff which is actually kind of expert witness um kind of support for those people uh, but i think everybody should be a clinical coach um i think it's it's something that once you kind of get over your initial year of being first year of being qualified which can be a bit terrifying i think it it's a really good thing to to put back into the profession to um yeah to to coach people i've had lots of students over the years and every time i have one i learn something from them i think i learn about the challenges they face and and how it's very different and I think yeah it's a really positive thing to to be a clinical coach definitely. I think when you're a young guy um, the word nurse kind of to some extent has a stigmatism attached to it and it kind of immediately puts it out of your mind as not even you know not even thinking about that kind of thing I mean it obviously varies from different age groups and things like that Um, but I think for a fair chunk of guys out there, young guys in there, you know, going through education and things like that, um, you know, like I said, I I think you sometimes stick a certain word or title into a job description and it will 
potentially put them off a little bit um and it needn't because you know we're obviously no less qualified or suited in you know to do the job getting guys into this profession is partly expelling this sort of it's not a job for guys kind of mentality which still hangs around a bit maybe to an extent um i think just better career guidance and advice really from you know because like i said i you know i'm 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 at university i'm finishing my degree and literally had a guy come in and say and I'm, i'm paraphrasing here but he essentially said your two choices are to either do a phd or a master's and stay in academia or go work for barclays because you'll earn the fair you know you'll earn lots of money there and that was pretty much the extent of the careers advice that i got and when i was back at secondary school doing work experience when I was like year 10 or something. Um, I think you could go work at a vet's, but I don't know, just didn't even think about that. It, it may be better access or information provided at that kind of step might guide a few more people down the, uh, the pathway because yeah, maybe you just need to get a few more people interested from an earlier age or more aware of it. Yeah, I, I don't know if that applies to you guys well, if you have similar thoughts about what the the hurdles are, really. Um, I mean, like I said before, I think the clinical coach for me was the biggest thing. But I think as well, when I started training, there was a real lack of understanding of what the job role actually meant. And a lot of stigma was a glorified kennel assistant or you are assisting the vet and being basically like their personal help. Um, and even now I still have my friends and family ask things about the job role and I'll tell them what I've done at work and things. And they're very still surprised that that is within our job role to do. Um, and it is a good thing because it stops that sort of perception that I'm just standing there handing things to the surgeon or whatever. And when I said we've done a blood transfusion or done something like that, um, you can see people's interest spark and but yeah we, that is part of our job role and we are trained to do these xyz things um i just do think there's a, a little bit of that we're nursing in general there's not a lot of people know what it is and i think as the years have gone on there is a lot more publicity about the career um there was a male there was a nursing poster a few years ago with a male in um the the picture with two ladies as well and i've thought that was like the first time i've ever seen a male veterinary nurse in sort of publication so maybe having a body or especially with social media and stuff these days, there are very good male influencers out there, male veterinary nurses who I follow and stuff just because they really do put out the word in there. So hopefully it will turn around a little bit, I feel, eventually. I think like going back to what you were saying, Ryan, when you said that, you know, even though you had an auntie who was an RVN, you Mm. still really struggled to get into the industry. I think in general, it's a pretty difficult industry to get into because it's you know especially when you're applying from a for a student position it's it's going to be really cutthroat because again speaking from my experience I was up against a lot of people like I mean I went to an animal management college and I was with a lot of people the majority of people on my course wanted to be veterinary nurses Mm -hmm. and you're up against all of them and then you're up against the other colleges who also do animal management and obviously it's a lot a lot of practices want qualifieds and there's yes. not many qualified so it's, it's, it's just so I think that 
that in itself is a difficult hurdle to to tackle anyway. And then bearing in mind you've got the vast majority of males who want to be veterinary nurses are in that group, it's just going to narrow it down more and more, isn't it? But it does. And um, yeah, it's it's very popular career choice I feel I find between the 16 to the 20 year olds maybe when I was doing it as well everyone wanted to do animal management or animal care I went to a college as well that's um, had a lot of funding for that animal unit it was an agricultural college and there was say 400 students for the animal culture part and there was five veterinary nurses as students and it was just not very public and we were kind of, we, we had to sit in a floristry room because we didn't have any funding. <laughs> so it was just very made to feel, not undervalued, but we were, we were very overlooked by the animal care. And you've got the tiny little section, which is the veterinary nursing. And all, a lot of the animal care students wanted to be veterinary nurses. And they were told if they do the animal care, they can get into veterinary nursing, which wasn't actually the, the truth of the stuff. They had then had to still have all their GCSEs or and the sciences. Um, and we used to have a lot of students come as work experience that I would know from the college. And I'd be like, you still need to have X, Y, Z to be enrolled with the RCVS. And there was a little bit of, um, not manipulation, but um, it wasn't very clear to the animal care students. And they thought it was just going to be a shoe in that you could just walk into veterinary. Um, and it's, which is why we always promote the work experience because come and work with us for a week because you'll see what it's really like behind the scenes. And it does open their eyes a lot, a lot of the time. And I think you either for that click of you love it or you know this is not going to be for you. So I do think trying to get more work experience, allowing more students at a time as well, because we only allowed one or two during the whole time for that whole year. And it's quite a lot of students that apply for it. Um, I don't know if anyone else has had that issue with. Um, so I think the, the work experience thing is key. And I think it's important in a veterinary um practice culture to make sure they're factored in and you spend a bit of time with them and kind of explain to them and talk to them about what happens and what's good and what's bad and as ryan said make sure they really see the reality of the role because i think it's a bit sad if people set their heart on it conception of what it is um because there are difficult bits about it as a profession there are amazing bits about it but so i think yeah work experience is is key as is being a training practice and and trying to just yeah just encourage and nurture the the next generation and I think also I, I found myself in the middle of where I am now um probably about 10 years ago just being an absolute miserable person and moaning about the profession a lot and um a friend of mine said well, you really need to really but actually very sound advice um and that I joined the BVNA council and then went on to be Royal College council and now I'm the first male chair of VN council that there's ever been so um I don't particularly enjoy wearing a, a, a kind of suit and tie and standing up in front of 300 people talking about veterinary nursing, but it is kind of giving my bit back to the profession. And um, I certainly moan less now. And I think I have more of a, an understanding of what goes on and, and how um, we, we all need to be the life experiences and the, and the chatting to people and doing school talks and just getting out there, um, I think is yeah super important. One of the things I got involved in when I joined uh, VN Council, it was something that Ryan touched on, was making sure that we're, we're putting images out that we always have uh, representation of diversity. So there are male veterinary nurses being seen doing their job in the, in, in, in the kind of mix of the information that gets put out there because um, we probably are overrepresented in it now. 
but but it's good that people just see it and just know that that's actually a, you know, it, there are those people out there working it and i think that's yeah, really important it's a subtle one but it's really important absolutely <laughs> as a closing question for discussion we asked the participants to talk about where they see themselves 10 years in the future I'm at that stage where a lot of people are expecting me to do senior or head, you know, kind of nurse things. I have recently started as a senior nurse role, but I, the thing is I, I just want to be on the factory floor, as it were. I don't necessarily want to be doing the admin office stuff that I always see my head, previous head nurses uh, having to do. So I'm not looking to progress much in that direction any further. I guess if I had to, yeah, in 10 years time, I, I could potentially see myself doing, you know, some sort of teaching role, um, but depends on what the route would be to get into it fly at the moment. I 100% know there's so much more education out there for me that I'd love to get stuck into with the veterinary industry. I need to know more. I want to know more. I always want to know more. Um, so I, I definitely know there's going to be further education for me um, and it will definitely be in the veterinary industry and I'm really enjoying being in my first opinion small animal at the moment and I'm going to take my time in it and when the time comes I know that I'll probably uh, go bigger maybe I'd, I'd love to do some experience with referral practices with emergency practices definitely um, and just see where I go with that but I I love my job and I'm happy at the moment yeah hopefully I still have the same amount of love for the job that I've had for nearly 13 years it's every day is a challenge every day is different some things become mundane and routine um which is why I've kind of walked into emergency work over the last few years because it's just a bit more it pushes me to work harder I think a little bit mentally as well and trying to provide the best we can to the patients and clients i'd like to like you said certificates would be lovely if they ever did something like i don't know a nurse practitioner or something like that for eventually like do for human nurses that would be amazing for us to sort of promote and push myself in that level but yeah i just i just enjoy the actual job style role still and it's just um i don't know whether it'll be referral first opinion again but i imagine i'll still be on the floors in 10 years time doing my thing I, I think um 10 years feels like a long time <laughs> for me now <laughs> i don't i don't I, yeah i don't know what i'll be doing in 10 years time i i i get to do some wildlife i enjoy it loads and if i could do that full time that would be amazing um unlikely but it would be amazing um mm-hmm. and i hope i'm still nursing because whether i like it or not i'm going to start representing another area of diversity by being old so <laughs> I'm going to be an old male veterinary nurse, which that ticks two boxes of diversity as well. So, um, and I think that's a good role model. So I think mm. I work with loads of nurses at the moment that are half my age and take great delight in telling me they weren't born when I was qualified and you know, all those kind of things that make you feel great. But, Shade. Um, I hope that, yeah, I, hope that uh, I can still be, um, yeah, doing the things I can do. Um, my um, my knees are knackered, my shoulders are knackered, and my eyesight is going now as well, which nobody warned me about. So um, I'm that old person now with my glasses on my head trying to take blood samples from birds. And 
I can still get them. You know, I can still take the blood sample from the budgie <laughs> yeah, and the cockatiel, but um, I have no intention of leaving the profession. Um, I do some part-time teaching, which is great. And um, as long as I can continue to be an effective, useful member of the team, then, yeah, my plan is always to carry on. Thank you for listening to For The Record. Join us next time for more insights from underrepresented voices within the veterinary professions. If you would like to get involved in future episodes, please contact the RCVS Knowledge Archives team by email at archives at rcvsknowledge.org.